on maynard.com.au. AU! The world is on fire and... Tim Ferguson is holding the fucking match. Bunga! Bunga! Maynard! Bunga Bunga 70! Tim, can you believe everything that's happened? Bye, Jingo. Bye, Crikey. I can't believe everything that's happened throughout time until... There's a dog running around and Hitler's doing things. It's all happening at your place. Yep. Did you know that the ancient Greeks actually called themselves ancient Greeks at the time? That is foresight, people. Bunga Bunga 70. We'll have Crank Mail. Crank Mail. We'll have a look at what's in my bug out bag. Look who is being a model in this Tim's historical hypothetical. I think we need more cheesecakes. More cheesecake. Tim's right of reply. You are ignorant. And we'll have a special word for our Patreons out there. Stinky air conditioning water. But right now, Tim, it's time to party. Bunga Bunga News. Tim, what's been happening in the world of Ferguson? Well, it's all been very busy doing artworks, feverishly doing artworks. I'll be doing an art exhibition with Paul Livingston. You may know him better as Livingston, Paul. Yeah, 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 yeah. I interviewed him at your first exhibit and he declared that your work was not actually art. It was just something you do while you're sitting around. What do you make of Tim's work, Mr Livingston? When you put it up on a wall like this, it actually looks like art, whereas when you see him in his underpants at home doing the same thing... I've been calling it outsider art. What would you call it? I'd call it manic expansionism. He's got a nervous line and a good eye for ugly people, so I can relate to that. They all kind of look like me. You had an art exhibit only about a year ago, didn't you? Yes, I did, but mine was real art. Yeah, yeah, yours was real stuff. You can laugh at this. I mean, that can't be art, surely. It's entertaining people. That's not art. Art is not entertainment, and I'm angry at this exhibition. What's it like to have your art exhibited on a wall for all to see? How does that feel? It's actually very terrifying because if you're on stage performing, you're in the moment doing it. Whereas standing there watching other people, it's an out-of-body experience and you're looking for their expressions on their face. So it's actually high anxiety all the way through. It's actually terrifying. I don't like it. How do you have to drive yourself to do an exhibit? It's easy enough to do the painting. You have to drive yourself to go to the opening, Ah. and that takes a a hell of a lot of alcohol and drugs. Has this inspired you to go do another exhibit? I know it's very terrifying for you, but will you? I will have another exhibit, but this isn't inspiring me at all. It's entertaining and funny. I'll be doing the serious work. Has he mellowed in his stance on your artwork? What's going on here? He has not at all, and he still agrees that my art is something that I do when I'm sitting around because I'm in a wheelchair, I said to him. So, yeah, that shut him up. I knew he would weaken eventually (laughs) because the one thing I bring to my art is something he can never bring, and it's a lack of credibility. Bringing no credibility whatsoever to artworks takes a lot of concentration. Well, more information on where this will be and when it will be. When, hopefully, will be June, although everything's flexible. Where it will be, again, that's someone else's problem. I don't know. How much more painting have you got to do for this? Got about half of it to get through. I've drawn a horse, which looks quite magnificent, not at all horse-like, but that's what abstract is all about. In the meantime, if if you're interested in taking a look at more of my artworks, go to artloversaustralia.com, artloversaustralia.com, and you'll be able to see more of my art at furiously unrealistic prices. Big news from you, Tim. I've got much smaller news. I'm trying to chase down Billy Field for an interview at our upcoming podcast. Billy Field, like the Billy Field. The Bad Habits Billy Field. Get it, 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 get
bad habits. Yeah. Oh, man. What, what will you ask him? What will be your first question? Why do you live on the Central Coast will be my first question. That is awesome. How are you going to get through his security detail? Oh, well, I, I was given his phone number. I did a private party last year for Linton, and this was the party. I was DJing, and he was the band. How's that? He's in any 70s now. He's doing well. It was good fun, very relaxed. Uh, yeah, of course, he owned Paradise Studios in uh, King's Cross. And dare I say, at the time, he looked like a nerd, but now that's what nerds aspire to look like. He looked like Bill Gates playing the piano on Countdown there, he did. Yeah, he was the only one on Countdown who had short hair and glasses, and didn't he wear a bow tie? Oh, yeah. Exactly the kind of superstar jazz musician that you could take home to someone else's mother. Coming up in May, I'm going to do another huge live video stream extravaganza, Leslie Fountain's Wonderful World of Dance. Leslie Fountain was a member of one of the uh, Castanet Club guest acts called The Amazing Dancing Fountains. Leslie and his gang would come along and do shows from time to time. And, of course, he was involved in the early production of Strictly Ballroom as well when he was at NIDA, and he's done many dancing gigs over the years, and I thought, well, let's have someone on and tell us what their favourite clips and dance moves are from all of history. We'll see what he comes up with. That will be awesome. Uh, tell me something about your last big show. There was a track which is I Am Woman, the Helen Reddy number. Who did that music? That is actually from the Muzak Corporation of America. The year after the actual song was a hit, that was done as a Muzak track that you would walk around to in the aisles. But it's great, isn't it? There's something so appallingly bad about it and the fact that it's just completely defanging a feminist anthem it's like wow you've got to work really hard to make it this bad i am woman hear me roar in Muzak, go and watch the clip because it does have two young women wandering around the supermarket in really snazzy outfits, sniffing melons. That's it's, right. It's and, and it was shot in Wagga in the early 70s, in Wagga Wagga. They're wearing terry toweling in the autumn colours. And, of course, Helen Reddy on the David Letterman show, which you just have to see to be believed. She really is an Australian goddess. What is your name, please? Helen Reddy. Oh, my God, it's Helen Reddy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> And uh, your talent, Helen? Hit it, Paul. I am woman, hear me roar. And the first too big to ignore. And I love too much to go back and pretend. Because I've heard it all before. And I've been down there on the phone. And no one's ever gone. Thank you. We'll talk later. Thanks, Helen. Thank you. Helen Reddy, ladies and gentlemen. That was a great one, the brain freeze, where Andrew Scholl, who puts together the Hottest 100, the greatest clips for that, and it's just a bit over an hour. It was a really great show. I had a lot of fun, but my goodness, it was a lot of work. So where do we find it? It's at maynard.com.au, where you can find every one of these shows. There's only 100 shows on the Apple podcast feed you may be listening to, so there's over 200 shows available at the maynard.com.au uh, website to have a listen to. There's all sorts of things there. One of the ones that's been very popular lately has been my interview with the band Caligula, Ash, Ash Rothschild from Caligula, is touring again. So, like, the 90s are back yet again, Tim. You know, I've been told when you turn 80, you do not feel old. Things hurt and stuff, but you've only been around the sun 80 times. If you think about the time between your last birthday and 
now, it's not that long, unless, of course, it's the day after your birthday. Life is really short. We all die young. So I would like to say I, too, am young, especially to the young people out there who think that old people don't know anything just because we don't listen to the same fucking bands you listen to. I guarantee you the lick in that track you think is so new is stolen from the Bee Gees. I remember you coming on my radio show on my breakfast show on Triple J and telling people then that the young people didn't know anything. And this was in like 1989. So you've, you've been holding the line on this opinion for quite some time, Tim. Young people have never known anything, but they all walk around looking at old people in their early 20s. Well, I once wrote an article in the Age newspaper. That's right. The Age newspaper, which is a newspaper in Melbourne. Oh, the piece said that giving the vote to 16-year-olds, which was under discussion, is a ludicrous idea because 16-year-olds could not even decide what colour helmet to wear if they went into space. Well, the letters, Maynard, the letters, these young people, and it was just like, it was basically letters from private school children who were <laughs> outraged that someone had said they're not allowed to vote. Who would you have voted for? And there has to be someone who's not in a band. <laughs> That's Tim Ferguson. Uh, fantastic. Bunga Bungas, Crank Mail. Crank Mail, Crank Mail, Crank Mail. Tim, what was that funny water noise there? I'm sure you, dear listener, are a little bit embarrassed because it was our dear listener, the sound of them urinating. They heard crank mail was coming on. They peed themselves. They peed themselves. And you think you peed yourself then? Wait until you hear our first crank mail. First crank mail is from Ben Begley, our bus driving friend from the United States, who was going to be visiting Victoria. Of course, uh, our ban on people coming here passed that and he missed out on it. So we're sorry we couldn't see you. Ben, he wants to know about your cat. Whose side is Kitler on in the war in the Ukraine, Tim? Ah! He's on everybody's side. I was thinking that if Kitler was there, he'd be having a bet each way. He'd probably be in the Donbass region uh, working with the Azov Battalion. And then if the Russians won, they go, oh, yeah, we were with you all the time. We were white supremacy. Yeah, we love you guys. And if they lost, oh, no, I was fighting for Ukraine, the Donbass, yeah. keeping the Russians out. What side should you be on, independent thinker? I know Fox News is on Putin's side. Have we got anybody in Australia who's on his side as well? I'm sure if you went to Sky News, you'd be able to find <laughs> someone. I mean, Putin is obviously the bad guy. He's Putin on the Ritz. He's Putin out the trash. He's Putin, Putin, Putin. you blue and you don't know where to go to. Why don't you go where fashion sits? Putin on the Ritz. Well, yeah. And, of course, the outrage that so many Australians have right now about what's happening in Ukraine is exactly the same outrage that they expressed when Syria was under attack. Oh, hang on. No, let me check the notes. Crank mail. Peter Young writes, who should be our new banana ambassador? We had John Newcomb in the 80s and Hayley Lewis in the 90s. Who should be our new banana ambassador? I was thinking about this, Tim. There's probably Australian bananas all over the world that are stuck where they are and haven't got a passport because of this. Well, we have a 
But not a president, of course, in Barnaby Joyce, but I'm not sure if he's appointed any ambassadors. I'd like to put my hand up for it because not many people know in the 1990s I did many TV ads for uh, Kellogg's Banana Mini Wits and I was seen on top of the big banana jumping up and down. So I do have some standing in the banana area. Can you still get banana mini wheats, Richard? I wouldn't eat them if you could. Richard has a banana problem. But that's just political. You can't let politics govern everything you eat. I'm putting myself up. Barnaby Joyce would say he did do it, really. He'd do it for free. Crank mail! Sky Boots writes, What other trades should Scott Morrison, the Australian Prime Minister, be photographed doing? Just recap, he's been photographed welding. He's been photographed washing hair. He's been photographed cleaning up after the Lismore floods in a hall that was clean and didn't need cleaning up. Marketing. I'd like to see him try marketing. I think he's got a gift for it. Give yourself a shot at marketing, Scott. So where the bloody hell are you? And obviously his ukulele skills are not adequate. Take me to the to start a career in the music industry. I've got two suggestions for him. Line stander, that's where you pay someone to be in a queue in your spot and then you come in. But I reckon petrol station attendant wouldn't be a bad one. He'd have to be the person behind the counter that goes, geez, that was a bloody lot of money. I don't hold a Bowser. He could say that to everybody. <laughs> Petrol station attendant is our pick. Crank mail. Slice Radio. Dan over at Slice Radio was following uh, both our Twitter feed and he saw that we were very keen on the Bernard King 1970s winter cookbook with a picture of Bernard on the front holding up his dash hound. I don't know. Maybe the dash hound did the cooking. I'm not quite sure. He wants to know, who's your favourite other Bernard? Would it be the Bernard from New Order? the Bernard from Powderfinger, or the Bernard from Tennis. Who's your favourite Bernard, Tim? My favourite Bernard is the Bernard from Yes Minister, the young man, the conscience of the show who gets told to shut up all the time. What did you say? Nothing, really. <laughs> well, what's your problem? Uh, well, they were asking me about you. What about me? About you and the Official Secrets Act. And? Uh, whether you were bound by it. Well, of course I'm bound by uh, it. Yes, of course you are. But it, uh, it might not come out like that. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, uh, thinking back on what I said and what they said and what I said you said. <laughs> Go on, Bernard. Well, I think I said you said you thought you were above the law. <laughs> you said that. Well, not intentionally. That's just, just the way it came out. I'm terribly sorry they were just asking me all these questions. Bernard, just because people ask you questions, what makes you think you have to answer them? Well, I don't know. You've never answered my questions just because I asked them. <laughs> Mine is Bernard Black from Black's Books, played very well by Dylan Moran, who I've seen stand-up comedy twice. Very funny guy. Well, Maynard, well, well, what's the funniest thing about him? Well, I did like the episode Grapes of Wrath or Grapes of Wrath, depending on how you want to say it, or Grapes of Wrath Mines, if you're in Newcastle. Right, the shop is closed. Everybody get out. Home. Come on. It's nearly quarter to three. Yes, but it's my shop. Come on, go home. Bye-bye. Thank you. That's hardly fair. It's not fair at all. Get out. Bye-bye. I'll expect better service. We'll expect away. Get out. Bye-bye. Come on, all your time-wasting bastards. Back on the streets. Come on. Bye-bye. So there are a range of Bernards. George Bernard Shaw. Sure, he was a cranky asshole, but he said some funny things. And also Bernard from Tennis, I think, is... <laughs> I don't even know who that is. I don't know who that is. From Slice Radio, and tune into Slice Radio, bringing the, the sound of the central New South Wales to you, Slice Radio. Crank mail!
Tony Push writes, is a jumper with shorts too cool for autumn? And when should you pull out the Ugg boots? I think you should wear a jumper with Ugg boots all the time. If you go to the western suburbs, that's what they're wearing right now. And I'm talking about the western suburbs of places like Bathurst. Ugg boots are a 365 days of the year garment and always wear a jumper because you never know, even on a hot day, when it's going to be night time. I would answer Easter, Tony Push. Everything turns at Easter. Thank you for your crank mail. Of course, if you want to send anything to Tim and I, the best place is the Bunga Bunga Facebook page, but you can also contact Tim on Twitter at RealTimFerguson. Yeah, RealTimFerguson. And I'm on Maynard.com.au, all one word, like Maynard.com.au without the dots. It is, and you are. Or you can just send it to Maynard at Maynard.com.au. We live in a difficult world. We live in an unpredictable world. At any moment, you could have to leave your place of abode by the window. Doesn't matter if you're on the sixth floor, you may have to do it sometime. And if you do, you'll need your bug out bag. This is where Tim asks me what's in the bug out bag. Over to you, Tim Ferguson. What's in my bug out bag? You should get your dog to do it. Ah, come here, dog. What is in my bug out bag? Something very special. I'm holding a copy of The Face magazine, number 26, from June 1982, when it cost only 65p, Tim. The Face magazine from June 1982. Oh, my God. In this magazine, we have everything that was big in June 1982 in inner city London, I would assume. You had Haircut 100. We've got Nick Hayward on the front cover. describe what he's wearing it's a bib and brace with a horizontal black and white striped top light orange converse and looks like a greek fisherman's cap how will we dress him just put everything on him in this edition you've got brian ferry mary wilson And you talk about this exciting new band, Culture Club. Big full-page ad for Living My Life from Grace Jones. And look who is being a model in this Siobhan from Bananarama modelling. I think I went out with Siobhan, I think. Does that spiky hair ring a bell? Does the no socks and knickerbockers look ring a bell? I think it was her from Banarama. I could never remember, but I th- I think that's her. Also, if you have a look on the Maynard Facebook page, I've put a whole lot of 1982 fashions up recently. My goodness, none of them are really translated into 2022. Wait till 2023 because all that shit's coming back. We went to uh, our favourite pub today, the Harold Park Hotel, the guy behind the bar was sporting a great mullet. And if you can wear a mullet in the modern age, don't tell me you can't dress like Boy George tomorrow. 
No new romantics at the local hotel? We're all romantic at the Harold Park Hotel. <laughs> By the way, if you're going, gee, I'm getting in a time machine and I really want to speak to an art student from inner city London in 1982 about fashion. Here's a great paragraph which I'll read describing the haircut 100 fashion look, which was generally known as preppy. This is how they describe the fashion, what the people in Haircut 100 were wearing. Broken down into its constituent parts, the haircut mode becomes a set of eccentric accessories which, transformed in the magical pop process, emerge as paradigms of normality, vignettes from a Beckenham high street. Tim, what does that mean? Well, if you've ever been to the Archibald Prize, you will see most of the paintings there are described in exactly that fashion. Tim Ferguson's art transforms in a magical pop process and emerges as a paradigm of normality. A paradigm of normality? Isn't that a James Bond movie? I think that's his next one. And by jeez, I hope he's not cranky and being unhappy. Oh, I'm James Bond. I'm surrounded by beautiful women living on a tropical island, yet somehow I'm still miserable. It's really hard being James Bond. Spoiler alert, he's going to have a complete transformation soon, just like Doctor Who. But once again... James Bond, not in a wheelchair. Same as Spider-Man, not in a wheelchair. Really? Spider-Man without disabilities? Are you telling me James Bond can't have a disability? Wake up, Hollywood. This is real diversity. And it's very important, I think, for the next James Bond to either be deaf, dumb, blind, or suffering from some kind of mental illness. Somebody has to have a disability. Otherwise, it's not at all inclusive. And I'm pushing for the next Doctor Who to be a cat. Uh, at least you'd get a, a more realistic performance. <laughs> Although he'd suddenly become not very interested in the other people around him, even though there may be people crying out for help. That cat doesn't want a part of it. And of course, the cat has to have a limp because of that thing I said before about disabilities, inclusion. Make it a cat and make it a cat with a limp. <coughs> it's time for Tim Ferguson's historical hypothetical, where we put Tim Ferguson in a pivotal place in this time Australian history and ask him, so, what would you have done, smartass? <laughs> Tim's historical hypothetical. <gasps> the date, the 20th of May, 1947. The place, probably Sydney. Tim, are you ready? I know this one. I know this one for sure. You are Mr. Richard Boyer of the independent ABC News Service, which is being set up that day. Prior to that, they would read stuff from the papers, which might not be a bad idea going forward for the ABC News Service. You mean the ABC News yeah. would read things from the paper and that was just the news? Yep, from 1932 to 1947, that's what they did. Well, I'm not ready for this one at all. Go on. <laughs> in 1947, the number one song was almost like being in love. Mr Richard Boyer, on that date, the 20th of May 1947, possibly in Sydney, said on the setting up of the independent ABC News service, its guiding principles will be accuracy and impartiality with the reporting of what is of importance rather than what is sensational. Tim, would you have done that? What would you have said as the ABC News Service is being set up as an independent body? I was watching the ABC News this morning, honestly, 
And if you were watching it, then you also saw a segment on someone cooking <laughs> cheesecakes. So I think if that's part of the ABC's news charter, they may have gone a little bit off kilter because every nobody knows that a cheesecake is not important. It's just sensationalism. The reporting of what is of importance rather than what is sensational. I think the cheesecakes need it, Tim. And I think we need more cheesecakes. More cheesecake. It's quite extraordinary watching the ABC and seeing the news. I know they get picked on a lot for their bias, but it's only bias, God. It's not. Imagine if, uh, say, in Russia right now, there was someone saying, this news is really biased towards Russia and really biased against Ukraine, how long they would be allowed to keep their jobs, whereas at the ABC, they put them in charge. So you're saying less of the cake-based desserts on the ABC. That's, is it, what, what are you saying? What are you saying? Clearly. Tim has spoken and solved nothing, as usual, on Tim's Historical Hypothetical. Thank you, Tim. Always. Boom! We have a Patreon page that for a very small amount, like even as a, a dollar or two a month or maybe $2 a month, you can be a Patreon. But I'm not going to blow my trumpet and Tim's not going to blow my trumpet either, are you, Tim? I've tried and it just doesn't make any sound. I'm going to hand the microphone over to Richard Saunders now and just tell people what goes into something like the Brain Free show that we did over an hour of video live stream. Now that I, how much work goes into that? More than you can possibly imagine. And it's like working in a double sauna. Maynard had built the studio from scratch. It's quite amazing. I was there behind the lights and the camera and bubble machines. And that was just before breakfast. That's how busy we get. And your Patreon money goes to cleaning up stinky air conditioning water which wasn't the point I was trying to get to make, but please go to patreon.com slash Maynard. Sign up there and you also get what's going on behind the scenes. And there's a lot going on behind the scenes, isn't there, Tim? Always. And pretty much every month there's Patreon pandering, where if there's something going on, if I'm doing a gig or something like that, you get the exclusive audio of that that other people don't get because they're not as nice to me as you are. We've had some powerful moments in this show. Who could forget the description of Nick Haywood from Haircut 100's pants earlier? Who could forget that? Who would love to forget that? It's time for Tim Ferguson's right of reply to a question nobody asked. Don't expect too much. Tim, you've got something important to say. Occasionally people ask me, where did you get that from? And I will say, why, I got it from the Australian newspaper, or I got it from The Spectator, or I got it from the Sydney Morning Telegraph, or I got it from the Herald Sun. And they will say to me a whole bunch of swear words, how could I ever read anything from the Murdoch shelves? And it's because as a modern person, I think it's important to read everything. I even read, wait for it, don't laugh, Green Left Weekly. It's not only weekly, but it's green and it's also left wing, just in case the word green didn't let you know. So I read everything, including the opinion columnists in the Australian. I think it's important, Australia, not just to read the newspapers that make you feel comfortable, not just to pick up The Guardian and say, this is the real news, because... The Guardian are just a bunch of commos and they're lovely and they're nice and they're kind, but even they would admit the newspaper has a tilt. So try and read everything. How else are you going to be truly informed? 
unless you're watching all of the bastards. Infinite plane radio from the Flat Earthers. That makes the Guardian look like amateurs. And the Green Left Weekly make the Green Left Weekly look like amateurs. So just broaden your minds. That way you can say, I know what's in the Australian. So you can say why they may be right or why they may be wrong. Janet Albrechtson is actually a great writer. Sure, she will write things you don't agree with. But toughen up, buttercup. She knows how to put a sentence together. Where does the Daily Telegraph sit on your level of reading, Tim? Do you like reading their stuff? Oh, once I've read the front page, I've read the whole thing. You get get the gist of it. Did you know more people in Sydney and also in Melbourne get their news just from going past the front page of those newspapers outside newsagents? So the front page is crucial it's absolutely crucial to know what people are thinking, particularly if you're writing like I write the Ferguson Report every week. I've got to write stuff that's, you know, political satire of one kind or another. And so it's important to see what's on the front page of the Herald Sun, what's on the front page of the Courier, because for a lot of people, that's all they know. They don't get their news from television. They get it from walking past and going, oh, look, beer and cigs up. Two-word headlines like... Labour, boo, stuff like that. (laughs) Labour is boo. Boo! Gosh, Bruce, did you hear that? Nothing has ever cut me so deeply to the quick. No blow ever struck by any arch-villain has ever hurt me so acutely as that little boy's boo. (laughs) And it's great that they really get that message out there. Always read the people with whom you disagree. Otherwise, you are ignorant. You can't just read the people you agree with just because they make you feel uncomfortable. Read The Spectator. It's actually got some very funny, witty and deeply, deeply wrong writers who are just completely wrong about what they're talking about, but they're really good at communicating it. Read everything you can get your hands on or just shut up, you communist kale-nibbling prick. Tim Ferguson's right of reply to a question nobody asked. Don't expect too much. Tim, what a show. Bunga Bunga 70, we're all sweating. The animals in the house are just confused. (laughs) I think we should uh, finish off with some Haircut 100 here. And the thing I liked about Haircut 100 is the absolute no strong names of anything. You've got Haircut 100. What does that mean? Their album is called Pelican West with songs like Favourite Shirts. I like that. Favourite shirts. It's almost like data. You've got to listen to that. You've got to open your minds and listen to favourite shirts, even though they're not your favourite shirts. And the thing is, they bring the white funk. They certainly do. Is that a good thing? It's the sound of a band that all wears jumpers on stage, and that can't be a bad thing. Oh, and by the way, I should say that by kale nibbling prick, what I meant was, uh-oh, what's going to happen now? Quinoa nibbling prick. Time to dance, Tim. Time to dance. And bye-bye from Maynard, who's also in the groove. Let's have some bespoke white funk. Middle class, too. Bunga, bunga. Get moving. Bunga, bunga.
by Jingo by Crikey. There's just shit everywhere <laughs> on maynard.com.au. AU! Bryson and Hume. Everything digital. <laughs>